Coming up on this edition of the Gwinnett Daily Post Football Friday podcast, we discuss which team had a dominant night on national television, who's still undefeated, and which former Ram is doing big things in the Big Apple. This and more coming up right after this. Why buy at Kia Mall of Georgia? We provide award-winning customer satisfaction and have been a family-owned business for over 20 years. Buying or leasing with us is fast and easy, and you can get pre-approved online in four easy steps. We offer top dollar on trade-ins and have new vehicle specials that are updated every month. Our factory-trained technicians make servicing your vehicle convenient with extended service hours. Stop by and shop with us on the lot or visit us online at lovemykia.com. It's Friday, November 6, 2020. Welcome to the Gwinnett Daily Post Football Friday Podcast. I'm your host, Marcel Pertut, and joined by Gwinnett Daily Post Sports Editor, Will Hammock. How are you today, Will? Doing great, Marcel. How are you? Doing well. we got an active schedule, a lot going on, so let's get started. Today's top story is brought to you by Peggy Slappy Properties. Our game of the week pits the undefeated Grayson Rams against the Brookwood Broncos in Class 7A Region 4 action. Let's talk about the Rams who defeated Parkview 47-7 on ESPN to stay undefeated on the season. Well, it was a dominant performance by the uh, Grayson team that came into the contest with a new quarterback and a lot of eyes on them, and they really showed out in the win. Yeah, there was a lot of positives in this game. I think just a really complete game uh, by Grayson. Certainly the best game they played all season, and uh, picked a really good time to do it. The uh, offensive line played great. Tyson Wilkerson, uh, Garrett Brophy, Griffin Scroggs, and those guys up front played really well. And they've got some balance on offense. Uh, Phil Moffitt did his usual job with 149 yards, a couple touchdowns running the ball, and then uh, the passing game uh, made some big plays there. Jaden Smith had four catches, 132 yards and a score, and uh, Jamal Haynes had five catches for 84 yards. Uh, he also had a 37-yard pass completion and, uh, and 40 return yards, so he was a big-time playmaker. And then the defense did what it wanted to do, and, and that was shutting down the Parkview running game. That was uh, that was number one on the list uh, to stop Parkview to shut down that running game, and they were pretty satisfied with how they did that. That was the biggest thing I noticed from watching the contest. The line play of Grayson was tremendous on both sides. But let's discuss, discuss Jake Garcia. He did not start the contest, but he got in there uh, in the, I think the first quarter uh, in there and was able to get some time in there. What's your thought on his performance and just how he's acclimating into the Grayson offense? Yeah, I think he's, anytime you bring in a top 100 player, uh, no matter what point in the season it happens, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you a lot. He brings a lot of uh, – passing talent, a lot of arm talent into the offense. And uh, I think he's going to help him down the stretch for sure with the way he's able to throw the ball. Uh, obviously, it's a uh, quarterback's a tougher position to come in this late in the season and, and play than some other other spots. But uh, he's, he's a kid that's going to, I think, impact it down the stretch with the way he can throw the ball. And, and Dayon can, and he's still going to uh, be involved in the quarterback position. It looks like uh, he obviously led the Rams to an unbeaten start, so hopefully he'll be able to continue to be a part of that offense and, uh, and, and handle splitting time with Jake. On the other side of the field for our game of the week are the Brookwood Broncos. They lost to Newton 28-16 to last week, so the Broncos are looking to get back to their winning ways uh, this season. Yeah, they are. It's kind of been a a, a tough start a little bit, uh, a tough week for the Broncos, I guess. Uh, we thought this was going to be a match of unbeaten teams here with, with Brookwood and Grayson going on, but Brookwood had that slip up last week against Newton. A lot of things went wrong in that game for the Broncos, and, and certainly Dylan Lonergan, their, their star quarterback, getting hurt very early in that game. Uh, didn't help things. Uh, his replacement threw four interceptions, and uh, and Brooklyn just didn't play, couldn't play well on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they've been putting up a lot of points uh, on offense, and that's uh, they really struggled to do that uh, against Newton. Newton's got a really talented defense as well, so a bad combination to lose Dylan and playing a, a defense that's that talented. They 
Nyland Green's a very good player, a highly ranked national player. Justin Benton is as well. So a lot of talent on that Newton defense, and Brooklyn really didn't uh, didn't solve it on the offensive side of the ball. Brooklyn's defense had some some playmakers. Princeton Brown uh, had a really nice game, and Langston Jones had a good game on the interior. Uh, Mason Grandy also played well. So a couple of guys on the defensive side of the ball played well for Brookwood, but kind of a sloppy offensive night, and they really need to get that cleaned up before Grayson. And staying in the Regent Parkview, we discussed their loss to Grayson. They get right back at it against the South Gwinnett team that defeated Peachtree Ridge 26-14 to last week in non-region action. So for Parkview, it doesn't get any easier with a South Gwinnett team that found a way to uh, get a win. Yeah, I think uh, I think Parby's uh, got a lot of work to do after this past week. They kind of licking their wounds, and no time to really mess around. This is a, this is a pretty good South Gwinnett team that's, that's had a nice start to the season, and, uh, and I think it's important, obviously, important region game for both these teams uh, as they start shaking it out and fighting for playoff first, fight, fighting for seeding. Uh, South had a nice win last week. I think the, the offense in the passing game really had its best game of the year. Ryan White uh, he completed 14 out of 20 passes for 250 yards, eight yards, and a couple touchdowns. Uh, both Corey Johnson and Nigel Hussey went over the 100-yard mark receiving. Uh, Kareem Miller had 122 rushing yards. So great night by that South Gwinnett offense. Uh, to, I guess the Peachtree Ridge defense that had been playing better. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball, D.J. Johnson had a big game. Emmanuel Cannon, Xavier McDowell, and Elijah Johnson all played well on the defensive side for South Gwinnett. So a lot to like for the Comets, bringing some uh, excitement, some energy into this game, and hopefully they can uh, pull the upset against Parkview. Moving on to Class 7A Region 7, we're going to see Norcross facing Duluth. The Blue Devils keep winning, staying undefeated on the season. They were able to defeat Discovery 47-14. This Norcross team is really shaping up to be one of the better teams in all of Class 7A. Maybe the best. It is. It is. Norcross has been uh, putting up some impressive victories. uh, A lot of their victories have been lopsided of late. They've been dominating some teams, and that, that was the case again last week. They took care of Discovery. Uh, pretty pretty quickly, uh, Mason Kaplan only, only threw eight passes, but he completed five for 112 yards, three touchdowns. Kind of really spread the touches around. Uh, Zion Alexander had two catches for 87 yards, and both of those were for touchdowns. And uh, Caleb Jackson rushed for 98 yards and a touchdown on only four carries. So, the so guys, it was kind of like a light week for the the Norcross guys on offense. The defense continued to do its stellar work. Uh, Zaire Lee had 13 tackles, and uh, Jalen Garner was all over the place with a, a fumble recovery, a block punt recovery, a defensive touchdown. Uh, doing his usual work. So, great night for the Blue Devils. Uh, like I said, unbeaten and, and kind of got their eyes on the region championship. But a lot of positives over there for the Duluth Wildcats as well. They're off to, to a 5-2 and two start. And uh, excited to see this matchup play. They they played 45 straight years since 20, and then it ended in 2015. They haven't played since 2015. So, it's good to get this West Gwinnett rivalry going again in football. That's been a good thing about the the reclassification of the regions. You're starting to see some unique matches. Buford is playing some teams from the county for the first time in a very long time, and Norcross and Duluth are in the same boat. Speaking of Duluth, they were able to defeat Lakeside Atlanta 61 to nothing in a non-region tilt before their matchup against Norcross, and your Offensive Player of the Week came from that contest. You know, it was a great night there, just a, a lot of offense there for the for the Wildcats, and, and pretty much in a, in a lot of ways, uh, I think, like you said, you got to start with the uh, – the offensive player of the week there, and, and Nyle Irvin had a monster game, 14 carries, 256 yards, and three touchdowns. And that passing game just continues to, to get it done. They, they've kind of had success there all season with Lonnie Ratliff at quarterback. He's putting up huge numbers. Uh, just a great start. I think uh, a lot of goals still on the table for Duluth. They had made the state playoffs since 1994. Uh, haven't had a winning season since 1995. So uh, both those things are definitely doable this year. Uh, they're one win away from that winning season. 
just by having a non-losing season. They, they haven't had a non-losing season since 2003. So Coach Jones over there is building a lot, of, a lot of positive things. There's a lot of excitement in the Duluth program right now, and, that, and that's that's cool for me to see after years of struggling over there. You mentioned region championship. Can't forget about Archer. The Tigers defeated Burkmar 69-7 this past weekend to stay undefeated on the year. They face Discovery this week. So it looks like the Archer team is putting themselves in that discussion for being one of the best teams in the region and the state also. Yeah, I think uh, like we talked about all season, we're kind of looking towards that Archer and Norcross matchup uh, late in the season to decide the region championship. and. And Archer just kind of kind of keeps rolling that way. They put some uh, lot-sided victories up of late. Uh, Vashon Stockman continues to play well at quarterback. He was five of five passing for 85 yards and two touchdowns last week. Uh, Andrew Andrew Dyer had some great returns there, and uh, the guys up front played really well, uh, as usual for for those guys. And Andrew Spearman was a spark on defense uh, as well. So a lot, lot to look forward to over there for the, for the Tigers. They've, they've got that 0-3 start kind of uh, with some young, with a young and inexperienced team, but just uh, really got it rolling right now and can start looking towards that region title. And wrapping up the discussion of that region is Burkmar. They face Dunwoody. Really good chance for the Patriots to get their first region win of the year. Yeah, I talked to Coach Gary a little bit this week, and he's excited about uh, this game. Obviously, Dunwoody's a fairly even matchup. Burkmar's had some tough matchups against powerhouses that are that are really tough to win for the Patriots. But this is one of those games that's definitely winnable. Uh, they got one win already this season. Looking for that first region win, and I think that's going to happen. I think uh, – Dunwoody's kind of struggled all year. They're winless. Uh, Burtmar's got the one win. So yeah, I think it's a good chance for both these teams, not not just Burtmar, but also for Dunwoody, uh, coached by Michael Nash. He's a shallow grad. Uh, was in Gwinnett for a long time as a coach and a player. Uh, but I'd like to see either one of these teams win. I mean, it'd be, it'd be a great win for these programs. It's also just good for both of these two to have a competitive close game after uh, a, lot, a lot of lopsided results this year. So anytime the kids get a chance to play a close game, uh, it's exciting to see. Moving on to Class 7A Region 8, we discussed the Parkview and Grayson contest being on ESPN on national TV, but Collins Hill was on GPB, Georgia Public Broadcasting. Uh, their contesting is North Gwinnett, and they dominated. I watched a good amount of this contest. Uh, they, the Eagles were able to defeat North Gwinnett 42-21, uh, to 21, and now they face Mountain View. But let's go back to Collins Hill. Big night for Sam Horn and uh, Travis Hunter and a big win for the Eagles. Yeah, they picked a good time to play their their best game of the year against North Gwinnett. Uh, defense against North Gwinnett, he only given up 33 points in its previous five games, and Collins uh, Hill put up 42 in one night. So just a great effort. Uh, Sam Horn, like you said, he threw for 345 yards and five touchdowns, one of the top quarterbacks in the state. Uh, Sean Norris had three touchdown catches. Uh, it's six catches for 129 yards, and, and Travis Hunter continues just to do it all on both sides of the ball. He had five catches, 144 yards, two touchdowns, a rush for a nine-yard touchdown, and also, don't forget he had seven tackles and an interception on defense. So he's a guy that's, uh, I think, one of the best players in the country, obviously. So made a, made a big impact. And Collinsville's defense continues to play well. James Smith, a guy I like on the defensive line, uh, 12 tackles, four for losses, and a forced fumble. He's having a monster season. Uh, Christian Harris had a big interception and 10 tackles. Uh, Rich, Rich Dorsey had 13 tackles. So a great showing on TV, uh, like you said, for the uh, – for the console Eagles and uh, taking some momentum into another region game against Mountain View. And they face a Bears team that's looking to rebound from a loss to Mill Creek 42-24. to So Mountain View, they want to get a win to put themselves in the top half of the region of the standings. Yeah, Mountain View's looked, uh, looked good at times, kind of up and down. They've... Uh, they won that opener and kind of hit a tough stretch in the schedule, and uh, and hopefully they can they make this competitive game. I think they're uh, they're 
success lies in the passing game. They, they really threw the ball well against Mill Creek last, last week. Almost pulled off the upset until it got to the fourth quarter. Uh, Nathan Payne's having a big season throwing the ball. He's up to almost 1,400 passing yards. And uh, there's two really, really good receivers in Messiah Carter and Marcus Brand. Both those guys have had, had big numbers. They've uh, combined for over 1,000 yards and 13 touchdowns between them, 11 touchdowns between them. Uh, had had two punt blocks last week against uh, Mill Creek, too, so that special teams unit's getting it done. And speaking of Mill Creek, we'll transition to that game. It's non-region. They face Newton, but the Hawks were able to defeat Mountain View 42-24. to Big night for Josh Battle for the uh, Mill Creek squad in the victory. Yeah, they, they really ran the ball well. That Mill Creek had really struggled to find some offensive success uh, for, for quite some time, dating back to their loss at Brookwood. Uh, and defense has been playing well. Defense can uh, can keep Mill Creek in games, and that, that's always been the case. But that offense really needed to get cranking, and they did it this week. Uh, did it with a running game. Uh, Dylan Lane, Colin Russell, Thurman Harris, Christian McIntyre, those guys were getting the job done up front blocking uh, on the line, and then the, the, the bullback and the tight end, they're getting the, getting the job done. And that, that led to 100 yards rushing from uh, both Josh Battle and Caleb Downs uh, and five touchdowns between them. So those guys were getting it done. I know Mill Creek's excited to get their injured quarterback, uh, Hayden Clark, back hopefully this week, and that's going to make a big difference in the passing game going forward. And so they faced a Newton team that defeated Brookwood last week, so that's, you know that's a very tough opponent uh, for Mill Creek. An all-region contest, North Gwinnett, we discussed their loss to Collins Hill. They have to face Peachtree Ridge, a team that lost to South Gwinnett last week. So both these teams are coming off losses, so very important that they get a win in an all-region contest. Yeah, definitely. These these teams have had uh, varying success over, over their their history in the, in recent in recent years, the uh, Peachtree Ridge has been down a little bit, but they're kind of cycling it up. And uh, be interesting to see how they match up with North Gwinnett. I think North Gwinnett was uh, kind of not real happy about the way things went last week. So I think you're going to see a very motivated uh, North Gwinnett team. Obviously, they're going to play a lot better on the uh, offensive side of the ball than they did last week, and uh, and defensively as well. I mean, that's uh, anytime a, a Bill Stewart defense, he's he's known as one of the best defensive minds around. Gives up 42 points. It's not something they're real excited about. So. Uh, I think it's a chance for them to get well, get a big region victory, and also a measuring stick for the Peachtree Ridge Lions to see how far they've come since uh, since the rebuilding effort under Coach Stansel. He's kind of building things back up over there. So it's easy to see where they stand at this point in the season. Uh, hopefully it'll be a competitive game. Moving on to Class 6A Region 8, Buford uh, looks to stay atop the region standings uh, against Lanier. They, the Wolves are able to defeat Shiloh 44 to nothing in their last contest. Yeah, Buford has it rolling. I think uh, since that opening loss, they've, they've just uh, dominated everybody on their schedule. The last five wins have been all by impressive fashion. Three of those have been in the region region play. And uh, but once again, the Buford Bulls got it done last week, just really took control of that game early against Shiloh, played a lot of kids, and uh, a dominating effort uh, on both sides of the ball. Obviously, they want to run the ball. That's what they do the best. And uh, and they were able to do that last week. Uh, it be interesting to see how they do against the Lanier defense. Uh, it's got a lot of talent on it, so... We'll see how that goes. I'm just excited these teams are playing. It's a, it's a pretty interesting matchup geographically. And I think it's less than four miles mm-hmm. to separate these schools on Beaufort Highway. So they're, they're just a short drive up Beaufort Highway to get from school to school there. So a lot of these folks know each other and uh, grew up together. So it'll be interesting to see how this matchup goes. Yeah, and then uh, just for booking purposes, the Longhorns lost to Havisham Central 36-15 to last week. So they want to get a win. Dekula, they faced that Shiloh team you just mentioned. Uh, Dekula did not play this past week, but they get back at it against Shiloh. So we'll see if Dekula can keep themselves in playoff contention with a win. Yeah, it's a good chance for Dekula to kind of rest up and, uh, and get some things going here late in the season. Uh, they're coming off back-to-back final four appearances, so they're used to having success in the postseason. They're kind of building towards what they hope is another run in the postseason. They, uh, 
they've been taking care of business. Uh, they won four games in a row since starting 0 and 2. Uh, they're also three and zero in the region, and uh, mm-hmm. I just think uh, I think this is a, a team that's looking at a region championship. It's uh, one of those regions. I think it's going to come down to, to the Tequila Buford showdown to see who's going to win the region. But uh, Tequila's doing a lot of things well right now. They're always going to play good defense. They're getting better on that side of the ball and uh, and running the ball well on offense. Kyle Eifert's having a big season in, in the backfield. And if I'm reading this correctly, I was doing my notes. The Central Gwinnett Winter Barrel Contest is that on Monday night? It is. Uh, yeah. They had to cancel their game last week with uh, with COVID issues, and they they've had to reschedule a uh, couple of games. Their last three games it was going to be kind of interesting. They have, have a Monday night game, I think a Thursday night game. So yeah, okay. the Black Knights are uh, got a, got a little bit of a jumbled schedule here coming up. Uh, that's the way the COVID season's gone for a lot of people. I was going to say as we're as we're recording this Monday night football, which is very rare for high school football, but it's a good night for the Black Knights to get their first region win against a Window Barrow team that I think it's a competitive matchup on paper. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's exciting for the Central Gwinnett kids. They've had some some tough matchups of late with some uh, some teams that are tough matchups. Uh, tough games to win, but I think this Winder Bear game is a very winnable game. Uh certainly is for both sides. So it'd be a nice nice region win for either of these teams. For Central Gwinnett, just kind of give them a nice boost to what Coach Thompson's doing over there, what he's trying to build up. Uh anytime you get a victory and get some uh validation of your work and your process that it's, it's gonna pay off. And I think that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a good result and kind of build some momentum here late in the season. And then Greater Atlanta Christian, they don't play this week, but we wanted to highlight their win over Sandy Creek, 21-12. to A big night for the quarterback, Mr. Fleming, once again, putting together a really solid night for the Spartans. Yeah, Damon Fleming's had a great year. He's played a big big role in their offensive success. Uh, uh, the coach's son, Will Hardy, he had a, had a monster game, five catches for 88 yards and a couple of scores. Also uh, caused two turnovers on defense with an interception and a fumble recovery. He was a big part of that. And, uh, I know, I know offensive line is a big part of what they do over there at GAC. Michael Carr and Addison Nichols uh, both played well up front uh, in that game. And, and defensively, Joseph Rose, Hudson Higgins, uh, Will, Cal- Will Calhoun, all those guys have played well. And a nice bounce-back win for GAC to go down to Sandy Creek and, and beat a very good team down there. And wrapping up our preview is in Class A, Region, region 5, is a Wesleyan facing Providence Christian. We'll start with the Wolves. They were able to defeat Hebron Christian 17-10, to and your defensive player of the week came from this contest. Yeah, Tanner Bivens is, is a big-time force. He plays a lot of snaps on both sides of the ball every week for the Wolves, and he did it again last week, uh, just making several negative plays there on the defensive line. Uh, really impacts the game more than a lot of interior defensive guys can do. Uh, also a huge part of that offensive line. He's he's going to Army. He's a big-time player, uh, a well-liked kid over there. He's a big part of what, what Wesleyan does. Uh, faced, obviously, a close game uh, against Hebron, closer than maybe a lot of people thought, but uh, really got got it done when it mattered and pulled out a clutch win. Sometimes you have to pull out wins like that. Uh, Will Tucker's a guy that played really well in that game as well. He had five tackles, a couple of pass breakups. Uh, he blocked a potential game-winning field goal and then sealed the game with a fumble recovery. So Will Tucker was all over the place, so kudos to him for a great effort. And uh, Another night, another good night from Griffith Caldwell. Rushed for a couple scores and uh, also had an interception. So I think the Wolves were happy to get out get out of there with a win against the Hebrew team that's, that's got a lot of potential. I haven't really put it together completely yet, but uh, certainly put a scare into Wesleyan last week. And then they faced Providence Christian, a team looking to rebound from their loss to Mount Vernon Presbyterian. So a full week of football coming up to look forward to in Gwinnett. We're going to take a final break, and when we return, it's a jam-packed weekend for college football, and our NFL spotlight is a former Ram doing big things in the Big Apple. Here on the Gwinnett Daily Post Football Friday podcast, stick around. 
Hey guys, it's Amanda Lee, your local host and Gwinnett native. 2020 has been a different year for sure, but if the time has come for you and your family to buy, sell, or rent a new home, Peggy Slappy Properties is here to help. Peggy and her team have been in Gwinnett and surrounding areas for 38 years now, helping folks just like you and me. Peggy and her team are a little different. Her team of 35 plus realtors realize that fostering strong relationships within the community is the key to their business. Peggy's team of professionals can work with you regardless of circumstance. Residential homes, new homes, rentals, with listings all over the county. In today's climate, you hear a lot of noise from others on how they can help you. The difference is, at Peggy Slappy Properties, they're buying and selling for neighbors, family, and friends. Don't you believe you'll get the most value from a team that knows the lay of the land? Visit Peggy Slappy Properties online at psponline.com or give them a call 24-7 at 770-271-5555. Peggy delivers the very best in Gwinnett and Georgia real estate because you deserve no less. Engineer Solutions of Georgia this is Jay and Lewis, owners of Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Lewis, what should a homeowner do if they have a crack in their block wall, corner of their door, window, or concrete foundation? Well, Jay, if it's a diagonal crack, this lets us know that they should be concerned and there could be a serious problem. Then they should call our office at 678-ESOG-NOW and set up an appointment to have one of our qualified professional technicians come out to their property to take a look at the problem. I'm consumer investigator Dale Cardwell. I've done the research already, so you don't have to. You can trust Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Give Engineered Solutions of Georgia a call at 678-ESOG-NOW. Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Welcome back to the Gwinnett Daily Post Football Friday Podcast. Active week on the college football field for all of our local teams, and we'll start with the Georgia Bulldogs. They have their annual matchup against the Florida Gators in Jacksonville. But let's start with Georgia. They had a, I don't want to say less than impressive win, but a they defeated Kentucky 14-3 in Lexington. But it seems like the fans and spectators aren't too happy with a team that's uh, only one loss on the season and still in contention for a lot of stuff. Uh, but your thoughts on that contest, Will, and then the, the Bulldogs preparing to face the Gators. Yeah, it was kind of a, a underwhelming victory in a lot of ways, but it uh, uh, doesn't take much to get the fans grumbling, and that's kind of, kind of what happened last week. They, uh, they really wanted to see a more uh, explosive offensive effort. I think that was kind of sort of fault the defense holding Kentucky to three points. But uh, uh, you know what the defense is going to bring to the table every week for Georgia, but all the grumblings are on the offensive side. Uh, do, do, do they need to make a change at quarterback? Uh, people are grumbling about Stetson Bennett, uh, maybe trying another quarterback to spark the offense. Uh, obviously, the running game worked well enough last week to pull off the win. Uh, but it, it's, they're going to need more out of the quarterback position going down the stretch. If you're going to beat a, an Alabama again, you're going to have to have some explosive play at the quarterback position uh, in the passing game. So we'll see how that goes. It, it's also, you got to remember, that's a very good Kentucky defense. It's a veteran Kentucky defense with a with a pretty good secondary. So. Uh, but but I think getting a lead on Kentucky and holding the lead there, they didn't feel like they had to throw the ball maybe as much and, and saving things up for the future because obviously this is going to be a big showdown with Florida and uh, it's going to be it's going to take a good effort to beat the Gators. I think this contest in essence is for the SEC East. They still have more games to play, but if you look at the numbers and way 
things are trending. Uh, this is a very important contest for Georgia. You warned us last week about Georgia State facing Coastal Carolina and their quarterback, and who's a local product, or they have some local talent on Coastal, and they really took it to the Panthers uh, with Coastal winning the contest 51 uh, to nothing. Now, Georgia State does face Louisiana Monroe, a winless team this Saturday, but that's a local standout talent from on that Coastal team uh, that had a very big day uh, in that victory. Yeah, they're kind of one of the, the biggest stories in college football is that what Coastal Carolina has done so far to jump into the rankings and uh, post some impressive wins, and Georgia State certainly found that out uh, last week. That was uh, not a game that made the Panther fans happy or the, the Panthers coaches and players. That was a, it was a pretty dominant effort, uh, but even more lopsided than I thought it might be. I mean, I don't think anyone envisioned it being that bad, so a uh, good chance for Georgia State to bounce back this week and hopefully get things going in the right direction towards the end of the season. Yeah, and you mentioned Coast Carolina, and they have some standouts uh, locally. Were there any other standouts on the college level that you saw from this past week that performed well? Yeah, the one guy that really stood out to me this week was was a Mill Creek grad, Shaka Hayward. He's a linebacker up at Duke. He had a career-high 12 tackles, two for losses and a sack in Duke's game against Charlotte. But he's really having a breakout season at linebacker. He had a good season last year, and he's already almost up to his tackle total. He's got 58 tackles, five for losses, and two sacks already this season. Just a big, tall, long, athletic linebacker. I think he's got a very bright future up there with the Blue Devils and uh, playing some great football right now. Yeah, before we move on to the NFL and our highlight there, I've been going to the site, and I'm starting to see a little bit more commitments uh, from the, on the college level. And always. I always recommend you go to GwinnettDailyPost.com and Gwinnett Prep Sports uh, to check everything that's going on. But we're starting to see a few more commitments. Has the have, have the college coaches and the recruits kind of figured out the new landscape of that we're in right now that they can finally start making some commitments to go to schools now, now that we're in November? I think so. I think there's still kind of some uncertainty there, too, uh, with what's going on with COVID and, and, and the future of things. But uh like you said, at some point, uh, you just gotta gotta make the decision one way or the other, and uh, and pick a school you feel like is gonna be the best fit. Uh, you might not get to visit as much as you like, or as much as you would have in the past, but uh, just a uh, you gotta pull the trigger if there's a place you like, you feel like that's the spot for you. Uh, some of the commitments this week were, were obviously kids were looking for certain things. Garrett Brophy, a Grayson offensive lineman, he committed to Johns Hopkins. He's a 4.0 plus student. Uh, same future, thing up at North Gwinnett. Future doctor. With, uh, he's be, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, John, right. John, John yeah. Hopkins. He's going to be doing surgery on us in a few years. Uh, that's that's great that's, for him. That's right. And North Gwinnett, Aaron Bradner, kind of the same deal. He's a bright student going to uh, going to play football for Columbia in the Ivy League. So obviously those kids were looking for certain things and uh, out of their colleges, and they were able to find it. And happy for those guys that they were able to, to get a spot that fit academically and football-wise. Wow, those are great schools for them to attend. But another guy who went to a really great school and has done it at the professional level as well is our NFL Spotlight of the Week, and that's, once again, Wayne Gallman, a Grayson alum, New York Giants running back, taking advantage of some extensive playing time for the Giants this year. Yeah, he's finally kind of breaking through a little bit. They uh, With Saquon Barkley up there, he kind of didn't play early in the season, and he played, got, a, got a few carries here and there. But the last two weeks, he's really – Kind of been the go-to running back for the Giants, and they played some teams close. Obviously, almost shocked the Bucks last week. Uh, he's getting a lot more carries, a bigger part, a bigger part in the offense. He had 12 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown. Also had an 18-yard catch against the Buccaneers. And uh, looking back at the previous week against the Eagles, he had five catches for 20 yards and also rushed 10 times for 34 yards. So 
each week he's kind of factoring heavily into what the Giants are doing offensively, and it's good to see Wayne get a chance to, to show what he can do. You hate for Saquon Barkley to be injured, but that's a great chance for, for Wayne Gallman to keep his NFL career going and kind of show what he can do. Thank you for listening to the Gwinnett Daily Post Football Friday podcast, your hyper-local news on the run. Thank you to Will for joining us as well as our sponsors. Grab a copy of today's paper and visit GwinnettDailyPost.com. For complete details on the stories we've discussed, plus more stories that affect you and the residents of Gwinnett County. Subscribe and share this podcast to get all of the latest updates. And if you have a comment or question, we'd love to hear it. Just call the podcast comment line at 404-997-8655. We might even share your comment on an upcoming show. The Gwinnett Daily Post podcast is produced by BG Ad Group. Marcel Purdue producer, Jacob Sutherland director. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.